I'm Tash. I'm Mel. And I'm Tara. For October, we read Into the Water by Paula Hawkins. What did everybody think? Loved it. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I was so excited about this book. I had read it last month and wanted to talk about it in the last podcast. <laughs> yeah, so for those of you who don't know, this is the same author that wrote Girl on a Train. Yeah, I liked it as well. I thought it was pretty good. I liked it too. I was very surprised that I liked it. I was dreading reading it, but it was pretty <laughs> enjoyable. <laughs> it was that you had to keep track of a lot of different characters. So many yeah, characters. Yeah, that was, that was a, a little bit tricky, but no, I thought it was really interesting. And I did not guess the ending, I have to say. No, me neither. Not at all. Should we give a bit of a plot A spill? Yeah. yeah. Without giving You do a great away. synopsis, Alex. Well, let's give it a go. So we open on a small English town finding, well, with our main protagonist, Jules, finding out that her sister is dead under mysterious circumstances. There is a place in this town, uh, Beckford, I believe it's called, where people over the last hundred or so years have died, all women, uh, under mysterious circumstances, and now her sister, who researched this area, has died too. And the, the story kind of unravels from there. It's called The Drowning Pool. The Drowning Pool, yes. Yeah. I love it. I love everything about it. I loved... Oh, the ending was alright, but I just liked the rhythm of the book. The pace of it really kept me hooked. And I read this in, I don't know, maybe a few days. I'm not a speed reader. I'm someone who takes ages, maybe three minutes on a page, then realised I was actually thinking about what I was going to eat for dinner and then I have to <laughs> read the page again. So all these people go, oh my god, I like read it in a night. I'm not one of those people. But yeah, I really blitzed through this one. Uh, I love everything about it. I love the, the cover art. I think it's, um, I always judge a book by its cover. And I think it's a great cover. Yeah, and I'm seeing two different covers here and they're yeah. both really nice. Yes, yeah. the one that you, you've got there, the hardcover. So uh, you can't see it, listeners, but Mel's got a really pretty one with lots of lovely like blues and greens and like bubbling kind of yeah. um, something beneath the surface. Very spooky. Very spooky. And then Tasha's even spookier. It looks almost very Halloween-esque with the same kind of moody kind of blues on it. So Kind of ripples, a reflection of the water with yeah, ripples coming off absolutely. the water. So I thought it was really cool. I liked that it had little bit of a whisper of there being sort of like witchcraft in the past uh, surrounding uh, the, these mysteries but that it wasn't really like it wasn't a supernatural book or anything like that but it kind of hints up upon sort of the you know women who can't be trusted and uh, you know don't fit into society the and the troublemakers yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly so I thought that was really cool because it kind of links in a way back to we were reading a difficult women back a couple of months ago and obviously uh, this book would be the midsummer murders cozy crime version <laughs> of those which were not at all like that but i think it, it hints on themes of uh, troublesome women and violence towards women at one point or two as well so yeah i thought that there were some really gritty characters it's funny you mentioned Midsummer Murders because like by the third chapter or something I'm like is this Midsummer Murders am I reading Inspector Morse that's exactly what I thought and I'm so glad that you said it too there was even a reference to that in the book I'm like okay yeah there was so, yeah. I'm so glad we're on the same page here you know what I liked as well there was a time when you get kind of this image in your head and I like I like that when you get images in your head of characters and they come from you and you've made assumptions based maybe on your own sort of background or whatever about what that character looks like and then you get what that person looks like from the point of view of another character and mm. it was interesting because there's this detective in the novel 
and I, I don't know, I just had a vision in my head of what she looked like. And then there was a male who made a derogatory comment of her being a bit heavy mm. uh, towards the end. And, oh, okay, so this is a, a woman of a different sort of profile than I had imagined. And then there's another woman in it, the protagonist, whose niece calls her um, something derogatory, but, you know, along the lines of being overweight. And so I had in my head that she was overweight when really she wasn't. It was a cutting remark made to her that that niece knew would hurt her because it was an idea that she had of herself from when she was overweight, when she was younger. So I thought things like that were really powerful, the assumptions that you make. Mm -hmm. And then when that gets flipped on, on its head and you see it from a different angle towards the end, I, yeah. Because there were each, each chapter is written from the perspective of a different character mm. in the story. So that's why you're getting different perspectives of what people look like Absolutely. and how they're thinking. And yeah. that was the interesting thing for me was that everybody had their own take mm. on different things and everybody assumed how mm. other people in the story were feeling about things mm. or um, their uh, remembrances of events. Mm people's perspectives were totally different and so you're hearing about the way one person remembered specific events and then you read the chapter from somebody else's perspective and their version of events and so it was really interesting to see all these different events that linked all these characters in the town and everybody had sort of a little different take on things that had happened yeah, so you, it's sort of, you get twist piece by piece yeah. like mm. what's going on yeah. find out little pieces from each character mm. along the way and, and it that, jumps backwards and forwards yeah, in time so yeah. the protagonist you're, you're hearing about her and her sister when they were growing up mm. and then now in the present mm. after her death with that constant unreliable narrator of having the bias of who you're hearing it from mm. yeah yeah i thought this was one of the best examples of the unreliable narrator that i've that I've experienced, especially with regards to the relationship between the two sisters, one of whom had had died. I I was so interested in how that went down and really satisfied by the the resolution of that storyline. And that if you don't if you don't talk to people about what you're feeling and what's happened to you, then you could have a totally misrepresented perception of their motives exactly you know know, she she didn't talk to her sister for years and years because she perceived her sister thought one way Mm -hmm. and in fact she thought nothing along those lines so it was really um fascinating Mm -hmm. i reflective sort of thing for me to go you know well sometimes it's really important to tell people how you feel because they've got no idea what's going on in your head And how often does that happen? I think we can all think of cases with friends or with family or even just less significant circumstances where you've maybe spelled something out thinking it was so obvious and it was all based on your own lens. So I love things like that that really make you think. Mm. Yeah. I also loved that there was, it was not overt, like this is not like a feminist text, but it's clear that Paula Hawkins has had some opinions and they were just dotted kind of subtly throughout the text and I loved it. Like she was really obviously against the idea that being a certain weight is is morally mm. wrong in some way. She obviously had some things to say about domestic violence mm. or family abuse or like sexual abuse history and it wasn't like reading, you know, a government ad or mm. statistics, but obviously she had some feelings and they were they were pretty clear and I really enjoyed that. It's actually a similar theme, isn't it, to The Girl on the Train? Has anybody else yeah, read yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. I haven't. So, Should I? 
Yeah, it's a bit of a you know um, book about um, sort of gaslighting yeah. um, yeah. and uh, again perceptions. Yeah. You know, she she goes past this house every day and she she thinks she knows what's going on in the house. Uh, you know, again, I don't want to give away too much, but it's kind of a bit of a recurring theme with what's happening with these women. You know, they're sort of a little bit downtrodden, but I do like the fact that in the end they sort of realise how strong they are in themselves. What would you recommend people who loved Into the Water? Books, movies, TV shows, and anything that's kind of mm. has a similar vibe, you think? That's a good question. Probably the Leanne Moriarty. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty similar. Although, probably, yeah. The one that was made into a TV series, oh, a mental blank now, what was it called? Big Little Lies. Big, Big Little, Little Lies, Lies. yeah. Yes, absolutely. And if someone likes a historical family saga, I would be recommending Kate Morton, ones yes. like yeah, The like Distant Hours. Hours. Yeah. Yes. When, that was a recent one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I've read have you read that? that? Yeah, I okay, think cool. yeah. Mm. yeah. All right. But it's sort of that, it, that sort of family intrigue yeah. and, you know, you only know sort of little from different perspectives um, of different family members, um, what's happened and what's occurred and how they, they deal with it and how they sort of fill in the blanks. You know, and I think that's what this book, um, Into the Water, is when they don't have all of the details, mm. they start filling in the blanks, you know, um, especially Jules, the mm. um, surviving sister, how she just sort of makes it up a lot, but, mm. you know, and fills in all those gaps. What happened to her when she was 13, I think it was, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and just creates this whole story and this whole trauma and you know gets wrapped up into it all so the lake house kate morton yeah so okay. yeah i think the lake house would be a good it's a lot longer it's probably mm. about 500 pages all, all i can think of are just british crazy crime yeah um, books and shows it just mm. even though there was a lot of really modern themes it something about the the setting and i think the way it switched back and forth between characters i just imagined them all with like strained music behind them looking out of windows with a cup of like cold tea in their hands and then just like <laughs> closing the curtains for a while when i was reading it for some reason i thought we were it was set in america and it took me a little minute to no hang on it can't be in america that's not right so you know some of the language in it uh, i don't know why for some reason i just automatically mean, thought wasn't it with um girl on the train that it was the book was set in the uk but the movie was set in the US. Are oh, you kidding? I think so. Wow. I think that's true. I haven't yeah. seen it, but that's sound that's right. That might be. Well, I yeah. hope if this one was ever made into a film that they'd keep it in Britain because it's such an evocative kind of uh, scene, you know, the village in mm. uh, the story. Well, it changes it again from a reader's perspective. It changed mm. where I was thinking and the way the characters were and how they spoke to each other, you know, straight away. I, and I can't even think where it was. At some point in the book, I went, hang on. Because oh, we're not in America. The guy goes to Edinburgh. Or oh, that's like that. Yeah, that's and that what was, it was for me. Was yeah. like, yeah, it was sort of jumps in my head. Oh, this isn't UK. Yeah. This isn't. Uh, so did that US. change your perspective of the characters or their relationship? It did. It How? did. Because that's, that's interesting. Funny. I don't what, know. I don't know. Why? I guess because I, this is something that I had a discussion with a lecturer about when I was at uni doing children's fiction and and so you do lots of reading and I said in one lecture that. I read with the voices in my head. Mm -hmm. So if somebody's got an accent, I read with the accent. 
And so I guess I'm kind of started to read with them having an American accent. Mm. And so then it switches to an English accent mm. once I realised, hang on a minute, they're in English. That's really interesting. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's the main thing that would have sort of changed mm-hmm. for me. It's just the way they spoke would have been different, yeah. you know? But I guess it wasn't really, besides the river that goes through there, it wasn't really based too much on the English, you know, it could have no. been anywhere, yeah. basically, I, I thought, because yeah. I, I was the same, I kept sort of placing it in, in the US somewhere, mm. like out in the country, and I didn't feel that it was overly British or mm. English, yeah. or, you know, it was, it seemed like it could have been just, anywhere. yeah, anywhere. Um, and they didn't seem like the characters didn't seem like, you know, that, I don't know, typical sort of British, you know, like the girl, uh, Lena? They were pretty Lena? sort of free, weren't they? Yeah, not, yeah. Not they, so reserved. Yeah, and, that's right. So mm-hmm. even her, I thought, oh, she, you know, like I just pictured her as being American as well. And she, she's going down swimming in the water regardless if it's hot or cold. And I'm thinking, I'm yeah, sorry, imagine. England, it's going to yeah. be cold all the time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Maybe she wears a wetsuit. (laughs) (laughs) So, as we mentioned before, there were a lot of characters. Are there any that you really loved and any that you thought could have, you maybe could have skipped them? That's a very good question. Yeah, okay, so one of them was the the brother of the girl, the other young girl who died. Yeah, I thought, "Mm." yeah, why? Yeah. And also his mum. Yeah, Louise. Didn't think I, that had to, really I wrote, went to... back and wrote everybody's name oh, down because wow. there were so many different people and I didn't write everybody's name yeah. down, I have to say. See, I got my copy of the book from the library and somebody had written in the cover all of the different names. And <laughs> detective, mother. Might have been Tosh. We wrapped it up my little piece of paper. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. someone's already given me a crib sheet. <laughs> yeah. You know, the character I enjoyed the most was Nell. I found her the least likeable. So that's the sister that's the dead. That's the reason why Jules comes back into the small town. I found her the most gritty, I think, and there was the most in that character that I found interesting. You know what, too? I think that she, to some degree, reminded me a bit of my sister. So I've got an older sister, you know, two and a half years older, and it, it reminded me a little bit of the dynamic that I've had with my sister growing up. Someone who I have a, I've had a combative relationship with but who I kind of admire as this quite enigmatic and glamorous person. No matter what sort of happens in our relationship, I just have this idea of her being cooler than I am, you know, and kind of prettier and cooler yeah. and, and all the rest of it. So it's funny, I really felt for Jules and I actually felt like I was really in that character when I was reading her perspectives of Nell because I kind of, I totally understood what that was like to... There's definitely been times when I think I've felt on the outer that, you know, my sister's been sort of more part of like a sort of a cookie group on holidays and things like that. And although I haven't, it hasn't been to that extreme, you know, when there were times when um, Jules felt sort of humiliated, you know, in a crowd or uh, isolated in a crowd or whatever in different parts of the book, uh, it was just something about that that was so raw, you know. So, yeah, I think that that was, I, and I love those things where there's, these really deeply felt humiliating things that you could just imagine how awful it would be and how much your, your face would just be burning red if that mm. was you and how when you think back years later how ashamed you feel and mm. yeah so 
I don't know, I, I really, I kind of enjoy books that have that in there. As, as much as that's a weird thing to say, I don't know, I feel like that's a very difficult thing to achieve as an author, really striking that childhood shame. And I think that she achieved that really well. So Yeah, that, that kind of secondhand embarrassment that you yes. feel so strong, yeah. strongly, you're always yeah. like holding the book away from you, like you don't mm. want to be feeling it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I know what you mean. And then, you know, when she has that, when Jules has that confrontation with a man mm. from the past and mm. um she i thought she was very strong in that situation because mm. you know he was saying a lot of derogatory things mm. and were no longer true about yeah. her and Absolutely. she didn't engage in it she mm. just sort of you know said that's not mm. what really happened mm. and i'm not actually gonna mm. fight and argue with you about Absolutely. it you know she knew that what she believed had happened had actually happened yeah. Um, and didn't try and buy into what he was, his spin mm. on things. Mm. But it was interesting, wasn't it? Because I can imagine that that would be a, a not uncommon story in situations mm -hmm. of mm. that type of violence where the offending party has a completely different perspective. And it's not about not taking responsibility, but genuinely thinks that they've done nothing wrong. Mm. You know, well, and I thought that like, that was like, ah, oh, so You know the, so the ad, yeah. ad campaign that they're doing at the moment yes. on television to um, make people understand mm. and stop the way we treat women in mm. society and starting it from when um, men are young boys mm. and the boy gets suspended from school for looking up a girl's skirt and dad said what you just looked up a skirt and you mm. got suspended and then the little girl pipes up in the back of the car mm. yes well I fully expect to be abused and, and at some point oh, in my life and dad's kind of like no that's not what I mean mm. but when you put it around to somebody that you know and care about mm. then the situation changes in your own mind that boys will be boys yeah, mentally. Yeah, that, that yeah. has to stop. But I that's love that kind of pain so much. Yeah, me too. Powerful, me too. But yeah. that's kind of a, another theme that happens in the Absolutely. book is the betrayal of trust. Mm. You know, there are a lot of these characters who are in positions of power mm. and authority in the book, mm. who I guess are supposed to be held to a certain standard mm. in their behaviours, when actually they're they're really flawed characters and so you know like the the main police officer the school principal a teacher all of these people who should be held to a certain standard and who have all actually betrayed the trust of people Absolutely. who are in their care and are um people who really play on that toxic masculinity you know yes. they sort of don't have any awareness of how damaging Including the school principal. Yeah. Mm, that's what I mean. He's a woman, Helen. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Actually, that's a very she good point. She made me so uncomfortable. Yes. Who is the wife of the police officer? Mm. Yeah. yeah, but she was that sort of doormat, mm. you know, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Mm. Well, he picked her because she was exactly. safe. Compliant. Yeah. 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 Easily, yeah, easily controlled. Yes, I, I thought Into the Water was a, a really beautiful book, so I would definitely be encouraging people to read it. Yeah, definitely pick it up. This is... I mean, I have this like weird judgment against things that are really like bestsellers. I'm like, oh no, I can't be bothered. Like, same. I didn't really tend to put off reading them. Yeah, <laughs> but I, as much as I was not excited to read it, it was actually really enjoyable, mm -hmm. even for like totally out of my normal genre. So I would definitely recommend it. Great. Well, <laughs> <laughs> good job, Tara. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
So please uh, give it a read and we hope that you enjoyed listening. Uh, drop us any comments if you uh, completely disagree with anything we've said or, you know, um, agree. Maybe you've read it yourself and like certain elements of it that we also have enjoyed. If you just so, want to say hi too, that'd be nice. Yeah, that's <laughs> totally fine. No one's know you're out there. No one engages, <laughs> but we know you're listening because we've got stats on people listening. So we know that you are yeah. and that you're choosing not to have any comments. Uh, that's totally fine. It's okay, guys. You can ghost us. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, so yeah look next month we're reading one that I regret suggesting uh, I don't know if anyone's picked up I yet haven't started. Oh, no, no, I'm really hoping I can day. turn that around because I read the first few pages a couple of months ago and then stopped so I'm hoping I can turn this if we um, hate it, that's interesting too oh I know yeah. Yeah. I just need to force myself to read it because you know what I'm like with things I don't like reading so uh, next month we're reading uh, Solar Bones we'll hope you'll read along with us and can be as violently against it as um, I feel uh, Mike McCormack Solar Bones for next month and we'll catch you then guys over and out bye bye, bye. bye. bye.